0: Welcome to Connection Church's podcast. This week, guest speaker Sean Corbett shares a message entitled, A New Commandment. Over time, we build walls in between each other and with God. However, there is hope in Jesus Christ, because he came to tear down these walls and resurrect that perfect relationship that God desires with us and with each other. For for those wondering where Brandon's at this morning, he is he is off, he is working on a, on a walk to Emmaus. Uh, Christian retreat over in Tattnall County. He'll be back next weekend and uh, he's over there working for the kingdom right now. And uh, so uh, it's it's good for him and good things are happening from what he's doing. And um, good things are going to happen here this morning. Not because of me, but because uh, Jesus is king. Amen? And uh, I've been really excited uh, about the word that I have this morning. Last week, Brandon talked about something that kind of, it's one of those difficult things, talked about the fear of the Lord being the beginning of wisdom, and uh, a lot of times when we hear the word fear, and we try to relate it to God, or, or things like that, we, we just, uh, we get a little confused, and, and so as I was praying about that this morning, uh, God showed me something that uh, it's not about fear, it's about understanding and it's about understanding the relationship that God desires for us with Him, the Father, and with Jesus, the Son. I think that, that in a, as a whole right now, if you look at our society today, relationships are very hard. Um, the divorce rate right now is higher than it's ever been. Uh, people are just not nice to each other. You know, if you speak to someone in a crowded uh, room and they don't know you, it's difficult. It's awkward. It doesn't come natural. Connecting with, with one another does not come natural. Well, as you, if you've been here before, and hopefully you have, and if is your first time, you get to hear this. That's why we are Connection Church. And the mission, the vision that God has put on us is is to connect unbelievers to God and believers to each other. Because what we have realized is in, in, in the vision is that there is a break in relationship. There is a break in relationship from the world and God. There is a break in relationship of the body. People in the body of Christ and outside the body of Christ. People have put, erected these walls. They've erected these things around themselves that where we're separate, where we can't even casually communicate. That happens individually, but that just happen outside the church walls. It happens in the church walls. It happens in families where we're separated and we're, we're on to ourselves. And God desires us to be intimate and connected with Him. And He desires us to be intimate and connected with each other. You see, the thing that's broken in this world, he wants whole. He wants to put it back together. And I think that this morning what we're going to talk about in, in this reconciliation is Christ's ministry of reconciliation, where he was taking what's broken in the world and he puts it back together. And I want to talk to you this morning about the relationship that Christ offers us in making us whole and well and complete. Amen? Amen. Um, Let's go to the Word. If you have your Bibles, let's look at John 13, 34 and 35. Christ speaking says, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you have loved one another. By this they will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. That's that's a scripture that we've heard over and over again. Uh, and and it, it becomes real easy to say, well, if, all right, he wants us to love each other. He wants us to care for each other. So that, that's what we can do. But I want to offer to you this morning that love is a word. It is, an emo, it's not a, just an emotion. Love is a virtue that we in our culture today don't understand. And and so I have to be able to point to Christ because he says, love each other as I have loved you. That points us to the grace of God that that, that understands that while we were yet sinners, as we say, Christ died for us, that he loved us enough to give up his very best for us, to, to give all for us. Not without conditions on us being good enough, not us wanting to enter in the relationship. Christ made the step that says, I love you and I will give up all that I have for you. Why? So that you can be connected with God and you can be connected with each other. So it gets to this. We, one of these church words that we hear and we talk about a lot is grace. Grace. For grace, for those who hear it, it's another one is like we throw love around all the time. We throw love this and love that, but I don't know if we know the meaning of it. Another word we talk in church circles is grace. Oh, the, by the grace of God and by this. And we, we're easy to say that it, that it is the unmerited favor of God, the unearned favor of God that said that he chose me to pour his love out on me, and I wasn't worthy of it. Amen? But I would offer to you this morning that we know that grace is something that can't be earned and it can't be achieved. But there is a point to grace. There was a reason that, that Christ, that God loved the world and gave his son. There was a reason that, that he chooses us to pour this love on us. that we be whole and complete and be able to in turn give what we have, the love that God gives us, the relationship that God gives us, what we receive, the point is is that we turn and give it away. To relate, to connect to one another. This is so hard because in our society, in who we are, we... We talk about this connection and giving and receiving. That that puts us at a place that none of us like to be. It puts us in a place of vulnerability and uncomfortable, uncomfortableness. You think about it. We don't really want to share who we are with anybody. Come on, the world says no. I want to build this facade. I want to build this hard shell. I wanna, um, I'm going to do the best that I can. I want to make the most money. I want to live in the biggest house. I want to have the best car. I want to know the right people. I want to be a part of the right church. You know, I want to be able to do all these things. Even in our religion, I want to know the Bible so well that people can see how good and how worthy I am in that, and that's who I am. But what happens is, is we, get in, we, we get to chasing after these things, and it just completely isolates us. We're no closer. And I'm not making any judgments in here, but right here, we've got the smallest crowd that we've had in this room in, in months. And look at the space. And, and, I, and, and, and that's not an indictment on you guys at all. It's the fact that that's how we have, in our brokenness and our separateness. that we are. We don't like to be very close to anybody. What if, what if they smell bad? What if I smell bad? Okay? My God, if I sit really close to that person there, they're, they're going to hear me sing, and I don't sing that well. <laughs> Amen? So there's this conscious self-awareness that says, you know, let me think about myself and let me be here, and, and let me keep my distance. Let me keep my distance. It's safe to be distant. Now I can be miserable, I can be lonely. I'm not living the life that God created me for, but you know what? I'm not getting hurt here. I'm not getting judged here because nobody ever really gets to know me. The sad part is, is we build these shells up around, and we don't even get to know God the way He intended either. Because the same shells that we erect and a lack of trust in people, we build for God. And so we're separated from people we're separated from God and all of a sudden we start looking at God like we do these other people well maybe I can trust him maybe I can maybe I can I don't know it takes a closeness for intimacy it takes a willingness to go I'll take a chance it takes a willingness to be able to step out there and go all right I'm willing to love Dana, even though he might not love me back. That's what Jesus did for us. Because truthfully, he died and took the sin on the world and and gave every one of us free will with a choice that we could either choose to love him and to love each other or we could continue to go on our own way. It's a scary place, isn't it? I think about this when I think about my daughter. And I see this, and I would like to paint this, this illustration. I, it, it, she's my daughter, so I'm very proud of her. This is my 10-year-old McKinney. And uh, it, she's 10 years old. She looks like she's 12 or 13 already. She's absolutely gorgeous. Um, when she walks in the room, my heart melts. The scariest thing for a dad is seeing a 10-year-old starting to grow up and thinking, that's my baby girl. I'm not ready for her to leave. I don't, I don't, she, she's already starting to want to separate from dad where I'm not as quite as cool as I used to be. All I want to do is love her. All I want to do is, 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 is continue to have relationship with her. But part of that is me taking care of her. She doesn't know exactly what's best for her right now. And so I have to set up rules. I have to set up commandments, so to speak, in my house. Well, McKinney does not like commandments. She thinks that she can do just fine. And, and, and how about us when we look at the Word of God and we look at His commandments for us? How many times do we look like McKinney and think that the Word of God is about what we do or what we don't do or what we perform or don't perform? or, or It almost puts us in bondage. What I would offer you this morning is like my, my commands or my, the things I give her, they're not for what she will do. It's because I know what's best for her. It's because I love her. And the thing I would offer you to you this morning is the word of God that he offers in relationship is not for what you do or not to do, not to make you feel bad. The Bible says there's no condemnation for those in Christ. So it's not about judgment. It's about relationship. It's that he offers these things because he loves you that you could be in relationship to him. But, you know, going back to this, I want to paint, to paint this picture because it, it, it's how things are. I see this 10-year-old, and she earns to be her own person. It, it's innately in her, and it's in all of us, that we come up and we want to know who we are. We want to have our say. We, we want to be a part of it. We want to be important. We want our will and way. And, and here I am, a father who loves her and goes, I, I love you, and I want you to be all that you can be. I want you to grow up. I want you to have your heart's desire, but at 10 years old, you don't know the best thing right now, so I need you to listen to me. How much are we like that? I'm like that a whole lot, guys. I'm telling you the truth. And, you know, some days we're really close and she walks in the door. And, and, and here's the cool thing. I still get this. When I walk in the door, I get daddy. And she comes running and she grabs and she holds me. And for a father, there is no greater feeling when you walk in the door and your child comes in and just, hey, they don't want anything. They're just glad to see you. And, and there's relationship at its pinnacle. Just pure love and intimacy just because you are. Amen. But just like me, and I would offer probably like you, like McKinney, we have this this thing inside of us that says, I know the right way and, and I want to do this. I want to go my own way. I want to step out and I want to prove that, this. And so what's happened is, is dad's commands, all of a sudden, there there's becoming more options. There's the McKinney option. It's all right, I need you to do this. And then there's the, yeah, but daddy, I want to do this. And somewhere in that 10-year-old's mind, she can't see what I know, and that's that I love her. And I am trying to do my best so that she can't have all the things she wants. And that's a condition that we all share in this brokenness, this, separate, this, this being separated It shows up the most to me when I see her. Sometimes I come home, and and my daughter's very much like me. She wears her emotions on her sleeves. You can tell within two seconds if she had a good day or a bad day. And I walk in, and I'll say, what's wrong, baby? Nothing. Trying to connect to her. What's wrong, darling? I don't talk to you. Nothing. Will you talk to me about it? No. And and for the life of me as her father, I can't see why she won't talk to me about what burdens her heart. You see the picture of yourself? When you have things on your heart, your father desires that you come and when something burdens you and something is on you, he desires that you share it with him. Not out of duty because he loves you and he wants to love you and minister to you. He wants to connect to you that way. But I go to McKinney and I'll say, what? And finally, if I pursue her long enough, I'll get some answer. So-and-so was mean to me today. She says she's not my friend anymore. Now, as a father immediately, you know, I, I'm going to be quite honest with you. Who's that child? Who's their parents? Let me at them. <laughs> Amen. But you have to, you start seeing that they're just children. They're just children who are disconnected, that have this same thing that I'm talking about, this, this, this separateness. And, and what happens is, is, instead of loving each other, everything becomes the relationship of position. Think about it. If you put, I can put five of you in a room. Any five, I can pick five randomly, and within ten minutes, there will be a pecking order of the people in that room. You want to see it really, you put five children in the room. It becomes bam, bam, bam. You immediately have a leader that shows up. You have someone who wants to be the leader who's right behind them, and then you have somebody probably on the end who just says, tell me what to do, I want to be over here. It's this position of relationship that people have. And it's because that's, they start feeling their importance and they start feeling what, they, what them, themselves do. And, and I see this with my daughter. And so to get the point of relationship here, if she comes here, she's broken, she's upset. And I'll say to her, well, what is it? Well, so-and-so said this and that. And, and you know, after you get past the fatherly anger, you go, well, they didn't mean that. They didn't know any better, and they probably didn't. And and when you really get down to it, the other child probably did not mean to hurt her. It was nothing, nothing more of it. But there were words said, there were actions said, and there was brokenness, and there was hurt in the exchange. How many of you, including myself, face that daily? We get up in the morning, we go to work, unsure about who we are and our place in the world what we desire more than anything is connection with the people that we talk to love from people we talk to and then we go have this and then so we're we're out there but there again i, I can't get real close i can't be the real me i want to do this i'm not sure but but then the course of needing something wanting love wanting connection we say something, and somebody, not, maybe, not, maybe they mean it, maybe they don't, but it crushes you, it breaks you, and then all of a sudden, you're, you're, you're there. The thing you long for, the thing you wanted most, just, just to feel connected with this other person, it's not there. And what I would have you look is if you'll look outside, we'll look inside and outside, we have created, we're individuals who walk these desperately lonely lives, and we are looking for what? We're looking for love. We're looking for acceptance. We're looking for forgiveness. We're looking for completeness. I paint the picture of kids because kids are a mirror of the society. They're what, they, what we see in our kids is what they see in us. So I want to bring that back to the Word of God. If this is what we need, all of us, this is what Jesus and he does and I want to say this this is this, going back to this positional relationship he doesn 't offer this well, maybe you should love each other or I think you should love each other. He uses a very strong word, and this is a word that most people in here makes their neck bow up, they cringe he says a commandment I give to you, okay M- in our Western culture, in our society, words like commandment, orders, obedience, and authority, we don't like them. Because like I said, part of this is we've, we've created our own individual selves, but then nobody... Does tell me one person in here who likes to be told what to do. If you could do that, raise your hand. Ooh, not one. I was waiting for hands to shoot on up. Everybody out there just wanted to say, Yes, tell me what to do. Nobody likes it. This is what Christ, but hear the word of God here. A new commandment I give you. A commandment. I want to look at the relationship that God is, that we have to understand with Jesus here. Just like with me and McKinney, I come to her with a commandment on what I need her to don't do, to to do or not to do. Her response is, well, yeah, Dad, but I don't want to do that. Or what if I did this? Or she wants to come up with an alternative plan to mine. We do that with God. He gives us a, 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 gives us a command to love one another. He gives a, and, and, and listen, folks, read the Bible. Jesus didn't come with lots of laws and statutes. That was all in the Old Testament. But what he does is a new command I give you, to love one another as I have loved you. The Bible says this. He said, that when, when, he, when he was asked by the Pharisees, what are the greatest commandments? He said, that, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. The rest of the law of the prophets are be, are, are, fall under these. We have to understand the position. We don't have a choice but to love. As Christians, as disciples, as followers of Jesus Christ, it's not, well, maybe I'll love them. I'll think about loving them. It is, I am commanded to love. So, what it gets down to in a position of relationship is we have a king. We have an authority greater than us, our Savior, and He's our friend, and He loves us, and we can't have a very personal relationship with Him. Understand that. But He is the King of kings, and He is the Lord of lords, and He has authority. The thing is, is in this relationship, will I yield to that authority? More often than not, me, myself, I'm like McKinney is. I know what God's Word says. I know what He says. He says to love one another, that, that, that I should humble myself and, and exalt others above myself, that I should use, look at Christ as my example. And, and I know those things, but I get to the point and I say, yes. But no. A very real example in my life, I don't know about you guys, but Liz and I have marital bliss. We never fight. We never argue. We, we, we communicate very well. Just, we, you know, we're, we're right there all the time. Greg, you're married young. How long have you been married? Eight months. Eight months. You guys probably really still, still do never fight, so it might have been a bad example. Um, but but here, here's the thing. The other night, I... We, we were talking. This was one of those communications. We were talking about family. We were talking about kids. And we were getting in one of those hairy situations where, where you had to get vulnerable in the situation. Okay? I had to get vulnerable and, and, and ask her some questions about some things. I had to. This was one of those intimate moments, and I'm not mean physically intimate, but I would say that something that's even greater than physical intimacy is emotional, spiritual intimacy. When you lay down and you say, All right, here I am, I'm exposed, and I'm laying my heart out to you, do what you will with it. Well, I'd asked the question, I did not get the answer that I wanted. And immediately it was like touching a hot stove, and my hand withdrew. Bam. And I probably snapped. Any married couples that identify with that a little bit? Anyway, what happens is, is instead of me immediately humbling myself, doing what I'm supposed to, I snap back, she snaps back, she walks out of the room, I get puffy, and we go our separate ways. Anybody identify with that? Well, what happens is there's no connection, there's no intimacy, there's no relationship there. I go grab my Bible, because Jesus is going to help me through this, right? I go sit in my big chair, and I sit down, and I open the Word of God, and I am just as frowned up and angry as you'd ever want to be. But yet, I have the book of life in my hand. My wife walks through the living room to the kitchen and back through. We don't exchange a word. This goes on for 10 minutes. There's no relationship. There's no love. There's no communication. What there is is a perfect break and a perfect picture of broken man separated from God and each other. My wife goes into the bedroom. She turns off the light. She gets in the bed. Choice made right here. Do does, does she go to bed angry, and I go to bed angry, and lights go out? I'm going to be honest with you. That was perfectly all right with me. She had hurt me. It wasn't what I wanted. I didn't like it. She can go on to bed. I'll read my Bible. Jesus will get me through this. Amen? In the middle of that, as I stopped a minute... And quit thinking about myself for a minute God spoke to me and said Sean When you're hurting Do I leave you? When you want to be connected with me am, Am I not always there? How many times have you hurt me? How many times have you chosen To go a different way than me? Now my word says that you're to love your wife as Christ loved the church. That you're to give yourself up for her whether that she agrees with you or hurts you or not. That's what the word of God says. And immediately right there I had a choice to make. Either I was going to be like my daughter and come up with the yeah buts over here and I was going to go this way or I was going to Kneel before the King of Kings and Lord of Lords and understand that I was commanded to do something. I was commanded to love my wife. And I'll be honest with you, I didn't feel real loving at that point in time. So it was not about feelings, it was not about emotions, but it began to understand that God had told me to love my wife. So I put my Bible down. I went in. The light was out. And she looks at me and she says, what are you doing? I said, I'm not going to bed like this. I love you. And she wanted to start bringing this up to talk about. I said, no, we're not going to talk about that right now. I'm not not concerned about that. I love you and I want you to know that. And I'm not going to bed that way. Again, like I have a hundred other times. (laughs) But tonight... I'm not. And so I got in the bed and I put, her, I pulled her over and I put her head on my chest, and and we we went to sleep. The testimony of that is is that when we understand that God's commands are His commands and we obey them, the result is good. There was connection there. There was love there. There was relationship there. And and, and in that moment, as I got in bed and put my wife's head to my heart, I knew that God's word was right. And I knew that they was right in that moment. And as a result, the next time we started talking... Some of those walls that we had erected for each other and some of that stuff, that night, by obeying God's words and entering the relationship, taking that chance to be intimate with each other, some of those walls that started coming down. It's not perfect. We're not perfect, but we're in the process. We're in the process, and we're going to stay in the process. And for you young folks out here who are not married and, and, and say, well, that, that's so far away from me. This is not just a marital relationship, and I'm talking about, I'm talking about this is the relationship with your parents, with your friends, most of all with your God. Having to be able to understand that His Word's there and it means something. And it'll lead you to wholeness. It'll lead you to wellness. I'm we'll gonna finish up. If you would, let's let's move to, to John fifteen, twelve through fifteen. Again, Jesus speaking. This is my commandment. That you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this. Than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what the master is doing. I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard from the Father I have made known to you. To finish where I started... There is a point to grace. There is a point that Jesus died for us. And I think as Christians so many times, we we get there and it can be all about us. About me receiving my forgiveness, me receiving my salvation, me receiving the love of Christ. That's like my other daughter, my two-year-old. Because if you ever want to see the perfect picture of somebody who... The world revolves around, it's the little dictator that's this tall. I get the same hugs when I come in, but it is daddy this and daddy that and point here and point there. And and, and listen, and if the world's not revolving around that two-year-old, the whole house knows about it. And nobody's connected, amen? The point of grace is that, that when we receive this relationship and then we enter this. That we begin to, to move to seek it so that we can understand it. That, that the more time that we begin to spend with God and with Christ. That, that we just don't stay as babes that are completely concerned about ourselves. You know, it, it, we all, when, we, when we come to know Christ, it, it, it's a very moving and powerful thing. And, 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 in, the, and in Christian service, we, we hear terms like, well, it's my personal relationship with Christ. And, and I talk to him this way, and he talks to me, and, and I understand that. Amen. And, and I hope that everybody here today has a personal relationship with Christ. But I want to tell you something. The, the term personal relationship with Christ is nowhere in this Bible. It's not. The relationship that he offers is very personal and it is very intimate, but it is for a purpose that moves beyond just yourself. Christ does not give you this love and this grace so that you can stay forever a me-centered two-year-old. He gives you his love and he gives you wholeness and he gives you his word so that you will grow up. So that I will grow up. He wants us to have an understanding of this. Because what he desires is, is the song that we sang today. I will be your hands and feet. He wants us to grow up with an understanding of what love is. So that we can go in a world that doesn't understand it. And be love. And give love. And restore Relationship. But if we are forever like the two-year-old and so involved about me, myself, and what I'm going on, we can't see past ourselves. And what he was telling the disciples here is I am making this known to you. The Father's business. I was sent here to restore mankind to God and to each other. You're not Aaron Boys. And I'm talking to you out here. We're not babes. We can't be that way. Christ needs us not to be babies, but to understand that his business is that, that there's a world that is broken, that is, that, that is full of these broken relationships, and he wants to use us to be his hands and feet, to be his love that people may know Him and people would be restored that way. Amen? There's a point to grace. There's a point to relationship. Grace is free. God chose you. You didn't have to choose Him. But discipleship cost. It does. It costs you being willing to put down what you want for what God needs you to do. We don't talk about that in the church very much today. We, we, we talk about how free grace is and, and how good this relationship is. But I've got to tell you, it costs... It cost me the other night when I had to make a decision to put down my anger, to put down my hurt, and go love my wife. That cost. When we go outside these walls, when we look to, to, to the needs of others, it cost us not thinking only about ourselves, but looking for the needs of the person to the right and left of you looking for the needs of the people at work, looking at the needs of the people in the checkout line. It cost us being willing to lay down all this stuff about myself and to be able to, to, to say, God, give me the eyes to see the need of those around me, that I can give a little bit of what you've given me. Amen? Amen. I'll say this and I'll close and, and um, you're proud of me, Toby. I made it I'm five minutes under. Um, I'll say this this relationship that God desires. Christ died. His blood was shed so that this relationship could be entered into. God's word was given to us so that we can know that relationship is available to us. Don't be like the Israelites when Moses came down off the mountain. God had given them the word so that they would know that they were a special treasure to him, that he wanted to set them apart. He gave them the word. Moses came off the mountain. And you know what the people did? You know what their response was? Moses, you talk to God. We're scared of him. We might lose our lives if we talk to him. If we enter in that relationship, it may cost us something. So I tell you what, Moses, you talk to God and we'll listen to you. Don't let that be here today. And I would say, understand, if, there, if there's anything keeping you from this relationship this morning, if there's, if there's, if there's, if there, then before you leave today, Come meet with Him. You'll lose it, but you'll gain everything. Don't count on me or Brandon or somebody else to talk to God and be your relationship. Take a hold of it yourself today. Amen? Amen.